Ladies and gentlemen, we are finally back with a brand new episode of Change the Subject. I'm your host, BJ. If you would like to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at DergoBJ. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And if you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can find it at The Subject Change. How y'all doing? How is everybody surviving through this quarantine? Took me a minute to come back to recording because I was so uninspired during the initial phases of the quarantine but i have found my spark again and we have a great conversation and we also have a guest somebody that i met within this span of the quarantine i was introduced to um this particular young lady of a two-woman podcast that um has a great perspective on a lot of things is a parent has a lot of excitement about their show and i wanted to bring this young lady to my platform so that i could kind of get to know her a little bit better myself but also introduce you guys to her as well i have kira from the moms and martinis podcast on change the subject today how are you well i'm doing fantastic and super excited (laughs) about this opportunity to join your platform Um, As you mentioned, when I met you and began to listen to some of your past episodes and just follow you on social, I became very intrigued by the topics that you were covering, the tough conversations that you were having, and just the transparency and vulnerability that was being shared. So this is a really, really exciting moment for me right now, and I'm so thankful Uh, for it. I'm so grateful for you as well. Um, I think with the timing, I really couldn't see my way through this quarantine because at a time it was depressing. It was so hard to see past the, the death toll, the statistics of the different States and all of that stuff growing constantly. So for a minute, it took me a while to even want to create, but I think in the conversations that we were kind of in the midst of on the IG lives. IG lives were like very prominent at this particular time of me meeting you. Um, I decided that just hearing some of your comments and then also like doing the same as, you know, as far as listening to your shows that um you've just released, it's given me a lot of perspective. And I can tell that with this conversation in particular, we're going to um really touch on some things that I think that we both can level and make some sense of. But before we do that, I want to give you a few seconds to introduce everybody to who you are, what your show is, uh, introduce your co-host and like tell them what you would like for somebody to know if they just so happen to stumble across your podcast. Absolutely. So I'm Kira of Moms and Martini. Um, Actually, transparent moment, my co-host in response to COVID-19 and just dealing with the pressures of caring for her family has decided to walk away from the podcast. Um, Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So that was a real eye-opening moment for me just to see how everyone's responding differently. So when you thread that back into Moms and Martinis, Moms and Martini is just really welcoming people into kitchen table talk with your friends. Mm -hmm. And a part of that, we are just all about creating a safe space to have conversations. And even the one, as I'm mentioning about mental health and how things are impacting us mentally, mentally, um, spiritually, physically, financially, 
and some of our past experiences that have helped to shape us to who we are today. And then most importantly, how are we building a legacy and a pipeline of future leaders that are going to give back to our families, to our workplaces, and to our community? So you'll see that full circle (laughs) when you listen to Moms and Martinis. Um, and it's now <laughs> it's me and I just bring on just my friends, right, people right, I know right. that's helping me get through this journey called life. And we have some really tough conversations and interesting ones. Um, so that's what we're all about. Yeah. I'm um, currently on setting the table. I'm like towards the like very end of part one. And then I have part two um, to follow up on. And I like the way a lot of your conversations are broken down. They seem to be very like common sense conversations, but you pull the intricate pieces out. And I think that that's always important because just being honest, even in listening to podcasts now during the quarantine, it's kind of difficult because I'm expecting more with, you know, listening and also giving my time to uh other content creators and i noticed that very few are like talking about anything because for most it's really nothing to talk about right now you know so it's it's very important to have a unique way of even making the common conversations seem a bit different and that's something that um i did notice with the setting the table conversation with calhoun i believe and kk yeah so um For my listeners, if you are looking for somebody who does have a very interesting perspective on womanhood and everything else, you know, that we typically talk about in our day to day, then Moms and Martinis is definitely a show that you would like to listen to. But we're going to get into the segment that we call Q.A. and A. And this is like my little small icebreaker to kind of like loosen up so we can get into a much deeper and a little bit more personal conversation. Um, It's just a few questions. If in fact you get to any of the questions, then you feel like you don't or can't answer it. You can opt for the alternative, but the alternative is just as difficult, sometimes more difficult than the initial question. So are you prepared for Q&A? I am prepared. All right. All right. So let's get into it. Okay. Question number one is if you could describe the phase. No. Not phase. We're going to change that. If you could describe the phrase catching feelings in 10 words or less, what would those words be? Describe the phrase catching feelings. Mm, 10 words or less. This one is a tough one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Catching feelings in 10 words or less. Giving up the box before you commit with your heart giving up the box before you commit with the that's 10 words exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so you on point oh okay okay so catching feelings is giving up the box before you commit with your heart wow I'm going to leave it at that because I think we're going to touch that in this conversation. I think we're going to talk about that in some way, shape or form in the conversation. So I'm not even going to comment on that. All right. Number two is name three stipulations that will permit you to have sex on camera with your full face in the homemade video. Okay. So my three stipulations 
would be I get to keep the video. <laughs> um, that I am 100% comfortable with the person mm-hmm. um, in terms of the sexual acts that we're doing. And it has to be fun. Okay. So if you get to keep the tape, that means that he doesn't get a copy. Well, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So if it was no face, no case, then, hey, you can get a copy. Um, But then I don't know. That's it's like a double edged sword, because if I'm 100 percent comfortable with this person, then that also means that I'm trusting that he will not um, share this moment with anyone else without my permission because you never know I might green light sharing it but um so I don't know I probably would (laughs) I would probably give him a copy because especially if it's something that he requested Mm -hmm. so if it's something that you requested and it's something that I agreed upon absolutely you can get a copy but if it was just me initiating this whole thing and it was something that I wanted for my library, then I'm gonna keep it. Okay, by you saying library, does it does it strike you as possible that even after these um sexual engagements take place and they may like cease at certain points, do you think that people actually keep the videos like throughout their transitions through relationships going forward? Absolutely. Um, I dated a guy that had quite a few videos and pictures and, you know, people keep them for different reasons. Sometimes it's a kink or a fetish that someone has. Sometimes people uh, keep them out of vanity because they want to look back at themselves. Um, Sometimes people will keep it because it actually turns them on. And then others may keep it because they're still emotionally tied or connected with that person. So it's like reliving that memory or moment. Mm. So do you think that as a woman, you could tolerate something like that from a man if you just were so happened to catch him with a previous video of a previous relationship? I have and I did and we watched it together. Oh, man. All right. I wasn't expecting that answer. Yeah, I think it just depends on the safe space that you have created. And one of the things that I always advocate, especially for women, is to have certain conversations and making um, the men in their lives feel comfortable opening up with them sexually. And I think oftentimes it's frowned upon. Um, And then with that, you end up having a lackluster or underexplored sexual life or sensuality or sexual you know experiences or being able to tap into something a little bit more intimate so i think a lot of times especially with black men we box them in and we just don't even welcome anything else but people are totally missing out Mm, okay okay that was a great answer all right so we're gonna go we're gonna go to number three number three is when you hear the words just sex as the person who just wants the sex and not the commitment who are you most in those moments an emotional runner or a overly defensive yet sexual being well i'm gonna speak from my own personal experience i've been both <laughs> currently currently um 
I don't know. I think currently I'm, I'm neutral. It's my life isn't set up for a partner or mate. However, my body wants sex. So when I'm saying just sex, that's like, I don't have time to uh, commit to anything else. And I don't want to lead you on that. It will be something more. So I've been on both sides of that. All right. All right. Number four is in any circumstance that you could fathom, which do you prefer things moving slower or things moving faster? faster <laughs> just based on my experience my initial mind and thought wants to say slower but i'm typically an all-in type of person either i am or i'm not either we're doing this or not um so move fast i mean hell you got one life to live live it okay all right number five is what is your female messy trait <laughs> message. I am petty P E to the T T Y. Wow. If my feelings are hurt, it really one, it takes a lot for me to get to the point where like I'm hurt. Um, but once I feel as though my viewpoint, opinions, emotions, any of that are being disregarded or minimized in any way, I get petty. So that's something that I'm working through. Um, I know it, <laughs> right. so I have to be very conscious and that's why I tend to uh, be more reflective so that I'm responding instead of reacting. But if it's in the moment that I react, oh, I'm going to be petty. Petty. Oh, okay. Call okay. me Petty LaBelle. Okay. All right. All right. Number six is knowing the needs of not only yourself, but the five women closest to you as well. If you had to choose a prototype. For yourself and those ladies, what kind of man would likely work for all six women? Oh, wow. Oh, you have some good questions here. <laughs> oh, this is tough because we're all so vastly different. But mm -hmm. I think the, the basis of the prototype would be someone that is gentle, caring, um... Someone that uh, makes us feel safe. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see. Probably someone that, that anchors us in different ways. We all need to be anchored in uh, different ways. But someone that, that has it strong. Oh, in this one. The good prototype, a really good leader. Right? So okay. someone that's thinking of... Um, how things not only impact them, but the, their significant other and if it's a family. And not only how those short choices impact them today, but how it's going to impact tomorrow and, you know, the future to come after that. Mm -hmm. So, strong leader. Strong leader. I really respect your answer because you really didn't... I mean, I'm pretty sure I've asked this question in other ways before, and you never spoke on, like, the physical at all it was more so like the key things you know and um i think that like that's good because i don't know i think that when you have a person that lives up to the the traits that are the most valuable and have the most merit for some reason in my mind i think that the sex a lot of times will be better mm -hmm. when they have you know proper leadership um the abilities to make a woman submit 
you know, not by, you know, conversation, but in action, you know, giving her that safe space that you make mention of. I think that when those people that you meet have those characteristics that are of value, it tends to make everything better, including the sex. So it was dope to not even hear you mention sex because of the things that were more important. So that was dope. Uh, we are on number seven. Number seven is in terms of horrible sex decision making, who are the artists playing in the background of all of those horrible scenes that you think of when you think back to those decisions? <laughs> all right. So to make sure I understand, if I think back to my horrible sex moment, <laughs> who were the the artists being played? Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, so I'll say this. Uh, I don't know, like, I'm not a big, like, rap type of person. But, you know, to try to have a sexual moment and there's, like, rap music. Like... Oh, man. Horrid. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Um, so, yeah. Um, the other ones, usually, if, you know... If I can't hit my playlist, then we're good. Um, let's see. Or something that has happened and it just killed the mood. So, you know, it, if you're on like Pandora or something like that, and you have like R&B soul, every now and then they'll slip a gospel song in and it kills it oh, for me every man, time. That's terrible. That's terrible. Every yeah, time. I'm that. just like, I can't. I hate that. I really, truly hate that. I totally understand what that feels like. And it's... It's a mood killer. It really is. Because I don't know. Like, I'm a person that, like, if if a vibe is really, like, set, you're really feeling everything in those moments when those sensual songs are actually playing. But then it's like when that gospel song just comes on, it's almost like, you know, Jesus and the ancestors are now <laughs> watching. And it just fucks everything up. So it's like that's the water break moment until you can like say all right i can get past that and go back to what i was originally doing but i don't listen to pandora for moments like that because i don't want those like interruptions because sometimes they'll play a commercial and Mm -hmm. fuck some shit up so like i don't you know i try to make a playlist if i'm going to be that intentional in intimacy i'll make a playlist specific for the things that i want to hear and those things only Agree, yeah. and that's where sense of humor comes in. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. You're right. You have to be comfortable with the person. You all make a joke about it, you know, and then be able to like reconnect and get back to it. I don't want the commercial, um, and it's some off the wall commercial or this gospel song to kill it for the night. Right. Like, okay, right, we right. got to recap. You know, level set, get back on track, and finish what we started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so you answer all seven of your questions. So that's pretty good. But you have a really good alternative that I think is going to throw you for a loop. And I just want to hear how you answer it. So I'm going to ask you this alternative. If you had to choose a scenario to which you had to date a guy, and yes, you have to choose a scenario, which will be the easiest for you to swallow as a woman? Dating a guy who has to volunteer information about unfortunately being on the sex offender list because he was caught having sex with a minor who lied about her age 
or dating the guy that had a serious relationship with your best friend as a teenager before you two met as friends that ended in an abortion and unresolved issues between them? Mm. Sheesh. Okay. I got a question. Yeah, go ahead. How old was the guy when he was arrested for the sex offender? Was it like uh, a like a 17, 15 kind of thing? Or was it like 15, 32? Nah, we going to say the 17 to 15. Oh, I'm with him all day. Okay. I Well, yeah, I, I guess I just made that easy for you. I should have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I can be forgiven for that, you know, because you're you're young and your sexual hormones are all over the place. Um, it's probably some parent or something that pushed that. But I'll be open to hearing the story and moving on past that. Um, and if the guy with my, my best friend, most likely I already know about him uh, through my friend. So I, I don't think that I'll be able to, to get uh, down with that. Uh, yeah, I guess I could. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't deal well with scrutiny in no way, shape or form. And that's just my honest truth. So it would be hard for me to deal with somebody who is like on record for something. Not that I'm judging them. It's just that my discomfort wouldn't like permit me to comfortably look past it and i don't want to be i don't want to be like you know frigid around you in that way so um that i would have to be like you know 100 percent honest with but i can definitely see how you know you chose your answer for some reason we don't like to share partners in no way shape or form that's like the number one thing that we refuse to do so um i can see how you chose that answer but you answered all of the questions for QA and A. So, um, what I wanted to talk to you about is something that I had kind of been like sitting on for a while. And, um, most of the IG live conversations that you and I have been in have pretty much been relationship based. And there is a certain level of conversation that I feel like now is extremely important because um our approaches are going to be completely different once we re like reintegrate ourselves back into the world once these quarantines and you know stay at home you know policies are over with and we have to go back to living and dating and you know having regular relationships but i think that for most of us everything is going to be somewhat different and i want to talk to you about trust in an intimate space and how it affects us as adults there are things on like there are things on both sides that keep us from fully accepting each other and what we have to offer one another and there's this concept that i would like to speak from and also titled the episode and we're going to talk about the idea of kissing with both eyes closed now for the listener have you ever experienced a moment where you were in the middle of the best kiss you have had in a while from an attractive human being that was really everything that you could have imagined. You truly digging this person. And in the middle of you being submissive to the moment and completely letting go, you can feel someone staring at you and you open your eyes and they're looking dead at you. Just by hearing that example, what comes to your mind when you think about that moment of kissing a man with both your eyes closed 
submitting yourself to the moment and then realize that he's not connected to what's happening as you are what comes to your mind that um <laughs> that would freak me out first off <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> yes i you know to be in such the, such a passionate moment and then you have your eyes open like that's crazy um to think of that um I think I would stop and, and back up and, you know, want to initiate a conversation like in that moment. Is everything OK? And um just trying to feel out why this person has their eyes open while we're kissing, uh, because I think quite naturally we close our eyes. So I, mm. I think it's something that's a little bit unnatural. OK, so unnatural behavior in that way is a weird thing. But oftentimes, I don't think when we engage in those moments, we think about the person's readiness for whatever that moment is. We'll just we'll just, I guess, assess it by how fast things are moving or how um, steady the flow of conversation or energy is. But I never really believe we we gauge the right time for intimacy between men and women. We just think that it comes with a territory. So a guy that may not necessarily even know if intimacy is important in this moment, just so happens to be caught in a kiss. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, it's not as easy to time when you're ready to be, intimate because you're still hung up on a lot of the trust issues or the things that may be holding you back from completely letting go. So I think it definitely is time for a conversation, but I don't know if that conversation is going to be encouraging for more of those moments to, to grow into. Like you see, do you see how, well, maybe I need to ask another question. Okay. In the middle of being submissive to the moment and you're completely letting go, you do you ever think about the fact that like you're used to letting yourself go more than you are reserving or protecting yourself from the emotional exchanges prematurely? Is that something that ever crosses your mind before you go to that place with the man? Not in my latter years. Um, so I've been single now for a couple years and um, have decided to engage in sexual relationships, just, you know, pure sexual relationships. However, before we get to that point, we do have to have uh, many conversations um, just okay. so that I know that there's a level of trust and transparency and the the willingness to communicate communicate with each other um, because sexually I'm, I'm, you know, I like to explore. I like to do different things. So therefore I have to know that I can trust you that if something isn't working or something doesn't feel right, that you are able to communicate that with me. Um, and we're able to talk through it to make the necessary amendment so that we're both comfortable. So I don't imagine that happening now, but there was a point 
in my life <laughs> that that very well could have happened. Um, just because, again, I think sometimes people are led just by their physical needs and pulling the heart in later. Um, because I've also been in a relationship where someone pursued me heavily and I was reluctant. And finally, I'm like, OK, let's do this. And then we get in this relationship and all of a sudden he has these unresolved feelings about his ex that he couldn't, you know, move forward with and end up breaking it off with me. And I was devastated. Mm. So um, that with, when you couple all of those experiences and past, I want to say traumas from relationships where people are kissing with their eyes open and, you know, having so much uh, reservation and moving forward, I've just learned to proceed with caution now. Mm. Okay. Okay. The person who you are mesmerized by completely attracted to and willing to risk the vulnerable parts of yourself. Um, that mm, I'm trying to figure out the best way to ask this question. When you think about that person or that, that level of, um, emotion or intimacy that you've reached where you are that girl, you, you know, you, you into it, you attract it, and you're willing to risk the vulnerable parts of yourself to make a connection. Is it a conversation that you have with yourself first? Like when you know, you know, of course, but there are those moments, of course, when we know what we know, but we still don't know if this person on the opposite end is ready. Is there a conversation that you have with yourself before you act on what you know emotionally or, you know, intimately? Yeah, I think definitely there is. Um, one of the things that I tell myself is just to be present and to be in that moment and not to overthink anything um, and just allow my heart and my mind and my body to connect. Okay. And um, also, uh, I kind of prep myself to say, am I prepared for the fallout? Whatever that fallout is, right, good, right. bad, or indifferent, am I prepared to to deal with that emotionally and mentally? Um, and is I'm I'm just like a a person that when stuff scares me, I like run full speed ahead towards it. So it's just like, what's on the other side of this? You know, is it that I'm being cautious because I'm not trusting me that this is the right decision or am I being cautious because I've saw red flags that let me know that this person isn't prepared or ready for what it is um, and then also just considering intent um, behind the whole thing and then making sure is what I'm engaging in actually what it is that I want because sometimes people say oh I just want to have this physical relationship but they really want you know, a husband or a wife or something, you know, a little bit deeper. So you have to get clear about what that is and what it is that you want. Right, so I think if right. all of those things are set in motion, then it just comes down to me just trusting that this is the right decision and whatever happens from it, either I'm going to, you know, gain something or I'm going to learn something. Right, but I'm not going right. to lose from this experience because it's something that I'm going into wholeheartedly. I want it and I want anything that in everything that comes with it. Right. Because we don't really realize how important 
how important and significant kissing is to a relationship. And in most cases, based on what we're talking about, instead of actually investigating the feelings the person may lack or not understand for themselves in that moment of the kiss, some people aggressively force or insist that they feel what you feel to complete the moments for the person that feels them. It's not even about like the disconnect of the other person. It's like you knew what it was almost, or it's a, it's an indicator that, okay, now there's a possibility that I have to wait a lot longer for what it is I want because this person is stagnant. So kissing with your eyes open is not necessarily warranting a reaction to an action is actually a trust exercise that some people are just terrified of. And today I wanted to kind of converse about the many different instances of kissing and how we can make a relationship or situationship go wrong. So to get the conversation started, describe yourself as a kisser. How do you kiss? Mm, I love kissing. I like good old fashioned like 15, 20, 30 minutes, like kissing makeout sessions. That is so <laughs> just where you're kissing and whether it's the biting of the lips, whether it is the slow kisses on the face, around the necks, like the hug and the embrace. If you've ever kissed someone and just be able to just hold them in like the pressure and pulling you in, it's just, I love to kiss. I think it tells you so much in that kiss and in that moment. And you can really feel if someone's in that kiss and they, they are there. Where You can just literally feel it in the body when they release and let go. And you know, right. like, I'm present. I'm here. So I like long, passionate, soft, lip biting tongue and wet i just like kissing i hear you i can feel it <laughs> yes i love it you talking my language all right all right okay so you are typically a woman who um thoroughly enjoys um what that brings as far as connection romance intimacy in the whole nine yards but there's a possibility that a man is not a good kisser a man is not the best at romance a man is not really into intimacy in any way shape or form because he has a mindset he has a mindset that he has yet to unlearn or develop a i guess an escape from in that sense and because his focus is on, on everything but the moments the intimacy the actual dates the actual moments that could i guess provide a new perspective he loses in moments to gain a connection with Kira. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a possibility that maybe he wasn't the best kisser in the world. And whenever he comes to a point of kissing any woman, the reason his eyes are open is because he wants to see how you respond to it in order for him to become comfortable. Does that make sense? It does. Right. So. My question to you is, have you ever had a bad kiss and how did you respond to it? Was it like a disconnect with the guy from that point on? Did you give him a second chance? Like, what is the response to a bad kisser in those moments of having to share that with another person? 
Mm, I've had quite a few bad kissers. Um, for the ones that I like, like if I was really into this guy and wanted to see it through, um, I think in that particular moment, I don't know. I know earlier I said that if their eyes were open, like that one is like, woo. But if right, it's right. Um, a, a, like a person that's a bad kisser, I think that that is something that you can learn. And oftentimes that starts outside of the bedroom, like before the kiss. So my whole motto is all about creating safe space. So it's, you kind of have to create other pocket moments throughout your life or throughout your relationships where you're just able to, I guess, call like bite size levels of intimacy. Okay. Okay. You know, whether it's coming up to one man, looking him in his eyes and just say, I just want to tell you how wonderful you are. And that's it. That shit don't happen. <laughs> that shit does not happen. See, people got to up their level. They just have to up their level. But I think it's important. Um, and that's something that I learned in a previous relationship. So someone taught me that. Um, I was with a, a, a guy that was cumulative. And um, those things were important to him. So he taught me that and taught me um, how to make a man feel safe in those moments and, you know, how to big him up and all of those things. So doing stuff like that or um, if he gets a haircut, just like, you know, acknowledging it, telling me he look good, maybe going up to him and grabbing his face and just say, oh, my God, you're so handsome. Just all of those things begin to let him know that she's into me. Right, right. You know what I mean? So when you get those moments and um, it gets to a point, it may be that just on a random day, he's on the sofa, sofa you can straddle him and say, just sit here and I'm going to kiss you. And then at the end of it, say, that's how I want you to kiss me. Oh, okay. I could fuck with that. I could respect that. I think you did everything that, well, you said everything that I was going to try to weave into um, the conversation because I think a lot of the lack of romance that we do experience from what I don't personally experience, but for women, they experience um, the lack in our men is because the men aren't confident and even in their interactions with women that they're attractive to, their confidence is not built within this space that safe space of being assured that you're valuable and worth attention and time just as the woman is expecting these very things from you i think that ultimately affects the intimacy too i think that like being being okay in certain areas of intimacy is the cop out for a person not really stepping up to the plate and challenging themselves to do better because it gives them an out if things just so happen to not go the way that they expect it to, or they're anticipating it to not go to. And I think that like the abilities for men to let go in intimate spaces are a lot different than women. We still have the conversation about the hopeless romantic, the woman who is hanging on for dear life, that love is going to be exactly what she always envisioned it to be. 
And for a guy, it's like, do I even fit in that narrative? You know, so I think that that has a huge effect on why, in most cases, um, men or even women, for that matter, you know, kiss with their eyes wide open is because they're trying to see themselves in that moment. And that's not the moment to see yourself. That's the moment to completely let go of whatever it is that is binding you to really feel that connection. And now, you know, with being quarantined and not having the access to our partners in the way in which some of us would have liked to, some of us just started dating as the pandemic began to set in. And now you have to remove yourself and restrict yourself to just phone communication. When you finally get those moments to exchange those kisses and those affections are they are there going to be genuine at that time because a lot of people's insecurities are setting in now that they can't be mobile they can't be outside and they can't really be who they truly are so it's very important what you're saying as far as building a person's confidence we have to do that for our women too you know because motherfuckers is eating all day in the house <laughs> so when you get back out to kick it with your boo, there's going to be 40 extra pounds on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we have to be able to make these men and women feel good about themselves when it's time to go back outside, go back to being attracted to everything that you liked in the beginning, even though it looks and feels a little bit different. Like these are the conversations that we're going to have to have, you know? So I totally agree. Like, you know, Walking a person into the the intimacy, the way that you described it, like, you know, building his confidence, making them feel good, making them feel comfortable, and then putting the lesson in place. You know, making him see, like, this is what I want from you. This is what it could be like if you submit yourself to my ideas for you in this intimate space. There's so much that you said in that that um, I really do appreciate. So what allowances are made or necessary for you to lose yourself in terms of a man's affection? Do you start off scared and later challenge yourself to take a chance to see if this could be what you imagine? Or do you wait for him to initiate or make the first moves? Um, It depends. My personality type is um, fast, adventurous and move forward. However, just life experiences um, especially concerning matters of the heart, mm-hmm. um, I, I do tend to move a little bit more cautiously because I know the level of love that I have. Um, and it's taken me years to tap into it. Um, and I'm, I'm not willing to just um, open up like that because sometimes people um, don't know how to receive that. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> They don't know how to give it back in return. So I I tend to be a little bit more cautious um, before tapping into it. I think that there are levels um, with it, especially with intimacies. But something I'll share that I I do, um, and I've coined this as um, L-O-M, and it's called Love On Me Sessions. So I like Mm. to have these L-O-M sessions. And... Um, it's dim lights, candles, soft music in the bed. You can do it with um, 
maybe your underclothes on or if you like to be naked, whatever it is. But the intent is not to have sex. The intent is to feel the warmth of the other person's body. And you all are typically just there talking, maybe just holding and breathing with each other and just getting your guards down, like escaping from the world. So if you have a drink, if you drink or if you indulge in the <laughs> the plants of the earth, whatever it is that you do, just get in that moment and see each other. Wow. So. I like to have those, especially if it's somebody who I'm wanting to be in this long-term relationship with, then we both have to be raw and exposed, right? So just creating these sessions and these moments, um, I think helps to build that intimacy. And I mean, you don't have to talk about your feelings. Maybe you're in this LOM session and you all are cuddling, laughing over how you grew up and watch Saturday morning cartoons and read the box on cereals, you know, the cereal boxes or whatever it is. The purse, the purpose of it is just to tap into a deeper connection. And then that will thread through your kissing that will thread through your uh, physical touch, but you have to create those. So ladies, you're welcome. L O M. Love on me. All right. I can fuck with that. Um, There is, you're saying so much, like you're answering all of my questions and I'm loving it. Okay. The first area I want to touch in this is the group of people in this world that want love and relationships, but claim to not kiss at all. Right. There are many people in this world who don't kiss at all. And it's weird because... In theory, I believe that that's an indicator of you not necessarily being open to the ideas of everything that a relationship comes with. Um, Usually when you have an interaction with a person and they tell you that they don't kiss, it could either go two ways. It could either scare the person off that builds their hopes on romance and intimacy or it can make you aggressive for the actual sex prematurely like i think that if you don't have those builders and those those beginning stages i think that sometimes the direction um could go from extreme or to nothing at all so like what do you say for people who you may have the who may have the lom potential and they just can't get past whatever their reasons are for not wanting that connection. Because I think that like you don't want to give a person an opportunity for that level of intimacy and they don't appreciate what it does for the relationship. So what do you say to that? Mm, well, first, just know that I am a, a mental health advocate and it sounds like that person does need some intensive therapy. Okay. Because something like somebody hurt you and I don't know how far that trauma goes. The fact that you're not willing to kiss. I don't know if it's something that you really love somebody and they were into you and you were into them and they told you you were a bad kisser. Um, I don't know if somebody hurt you to the point 
um, that you no longer want to kiss anyone else because you're just like, oh, I'm just going to go out here and just have sex with random people, whatever it is. Or it could be something so traumatic that has to do with sexual abuse or something. I don't know what it is. Right. But you need to unpack all of that before you try to pull me into it. So I would say seek professional help. Um, I always, I'm a good listener. You know, I, I, <laughs> I talk about some stuff, but that sounds like it's like beyond my skill set. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that's beyond, I can try, I can encourage you. Um, if, if you're willing to do it, and I think it comes from the other person, like a level of willingness and readiness. Um, right, so right. if you're not ready to open yourself up in that way. If I'm choosing to proceed, then I have to know that's where you are and I have to accept that. And if I'm not willing to accept it, then I have to, you know, cut ties or untie it and move on to somebody else. Or, you know, if I'm choosing to continue in that, then I have to be patient. Oh my God, patient. That's a long suffering sound like, right? What is love? Long suffering. And it's going to take a a bit of like hand holding. Um, And just me and my emotional maturity, I I don't think that I would be best equipped to handle it. Yeah. I don't think I could either. Even though like I'm not a, I'm not a heavy, heavy kisser in a relationship. Um, A lot of it. And I don't know why I feel this way, but like sometimes I feel like there are moments when kissing can be very childish um, because it's like, it's weird. Like I've, I always feel like there's a certain kiss that is like a little over the top. I'm not a person that, you know, as much as I enjoy, you know, a good kiss and tongue and all of those things, there's some like inexperienced things that you can do in those moments that are like still like turnoffs. Like, I don't like, you know, the spit dripping all down your beard and all of that, that shit. Like that type of shit to me is like, all right, I'm done. You know, because the minute that I smell the saliva, I'm damn near turned <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? Like that's sh- Okay. I was going to ask for an example, but I think that, that, <laughs> that clears things up because I'm like a childish kiss. Oh yeah, that does sound very uh middle school kiss. Yeah, it's like my guy, like back the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Like you <laughs> you doing a lot. But um So would to- you tell her in that moment like that that's not turning me on? Yes. I've been I've been in situations in the past where I was completely into a person who was a horrible kisser. And it's hard because I used to, I guess, settle for the kissing being bad and just try my best to avoid it. And um, it would like strike conversations. And so at one point, I remember, I remember being an adult and this very same person I ended up dating as an adult, even though we met as kids. And to know that in my mind, I'm expecting her to have grown up intimately by this time. You know, you like, okay, look, you grown. I know you didn't had a few partners, done a few things with your mouth. You should know, like, how to 
engaged at this point and literally the same person she was at 14 is who she was at 23 and i still and i still didn't have the heart to admit that this was something that was very important to me because I almost base everything off of that alone. If you can't kiss, you can't do anything else. Mm. And this is the mind state that a lot of guys, you know, who are not intimately prone to being accepted or being comfortable or being that, you know, that highlight for a lady. Like these are the things that most guys think that holds them back from completely letting go. It's always focusing on responsibilities and always focusing on those things that come before the romance. They always think about finance first because that's always been the thing is no romance without finance or whatever. I cannot I stand that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like mentally they're trying to fit into all of these different brackets that have have been highlighted for so long and now that women want to be in love it's like these guys cannot submit to the idea so even when they kiss you they're kissing you with the the idea of never being enough never being never being good enough never being the mcm for real like you still have mcms with you know different body types different skin tones different personalities you know um and this guy just wants to feel a sense of worth and though it's not your responsibility to totally give it to him how do you inspire that because of course you want him to feel connected to you like how do you work that thing out with that person who just wants to feel a certain type of way in order for him to let go in those moments with you so you, I mean, you've said um, several things, um, and I hope I I touch on them all. But even in the relationship as a teenager, and then you know, trying to reconnect with when you all were in your early twenties, mm-hmm. even in that moment, I I think that it was oh, I don't know um, if a, a conversation was had around that. Um, but someone has to be willing to teach. And I think you, I've been seeing a lot of this on social media. I'm not teaching nobody how to do this, especially Mm -hmm. at this age. That's the attitude of women. That's the attitude of women. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't care what your experience is with kissing or sex or relationships. Each person that you engage with is going to be different. So you have to learn and customize your approach and how you're handling it and engaging in the relationship different. So you have to teach, you have to listen. And I don't think that enough people are giving credit. That's like a pet peeve of mine. It really is. You want to say petty? Remember I told you I was petty? It's a petty peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like it. Um, but then um, just the other part of that, it all comes down to affirming, right? Women, right, right. both people in the relationships needs to be affirmed in in some type of way. And it's not um, that I need you to complete me. I don't believe in that. I I think that it has to be two whole individuals that enter into a relationship. So I'm not asking you to complete me, but there are some things that need to be affirmed 
so that I know that the, the it's a mutual feeling, it's a mutual understanding, and that we are, you know, creating something for long term. But if we're not talking about that, or if you're not hitting me on my butt or kissing me or telling me that I look good today or um you know if I'm feeling insecure about the 40 pounds that I've put on because I've been sitting in the house it, it, it all it's all about how you also have those conversations something that I've learned um so it, it's a saying that I always say like say what you mean but don't say it mean and I think that when you're having these conversations you have to be aware of your tone you have to be aware of your timing, um, your body language, and even how you're responding, especially with men, because you can say a lot of things, but they're looking at how you're responding, your facial expression, your eyebrows, if you huffing and puffing and, you know, doing all this extra stuff. So they're looking at all of that and that's what they're reading into. So right, right. You, you have to be mindful of that. And regardless if men want to admit it, oh my God, you guys have to be treated like babies. Like legit, <laughs> you have to really like coddle <laughs> men and really make them feel a way. And it goes against what we've been taught. It goes against the rough exterior. And, uh, and I think even some people think it takes away from them being that effective leader or the head. And this is like this level of macho that a man has to have. But no, they need to be nurtured as well. Um, and women have to be willing to do it. And usually when I have these conversations with my friends, they're just like, I'm not stroking nobody ego. It's not about that. (laughs) It's not about that at all. It's about making that man feel good, you know, and in turn, he'll do that for you. Hopefully, if you're chosen the right person, he'll do that same thing thing for you. And when you're constantly doing that and constantly affirming each other in those different ways, whether it be gifts or spending time or whatever it is for me, you know, you can give me an oil change and wash my car. Like you've, you've done it for me, you know? So those are the things that you just have to know and be willing to, to do for each other and be willing to give. People go into a relationship, it's like, well, what can that person do for me? What are you willing to give? Because that's what it's all about. And I think the more that you're giving, and then my concern is making sure that my partner is receiving what they need and my partner is making sure that I'm getting what I need. That's how you build that intimacy. That's how you go to kissing with your eyes closed because now I feel that you see me. You see me. Right. right you see right. me. And you get me, and it's not about the other things. Um, And I want to, you know, dive deeper into the relationship with you. I want to dive deeper into intimacy with you. I want to, because now my, my desire is to make sure that you're happy and satisfied in every way. And even in those bedroom moments. Right. So that's where all of that comes in. Now you touched a really important point. Um, I really appreciated the... The phrase, say what you mean, but don't say it mean, right? Because there is, of course, dry spots in intimacy and relationships. And one of the things that you mentioned about, like, the friendship circles, you know, believing that empowering and affirming your man is stroking his ego. 
A lot of men's ego tends to be built upon your resistance to be, you know, be that affirming force in his life or that support system or that person that makes honorable mention of the gross and the the great things that he does. A lot of men are egotistical because they never heard anybody tell them they did something good. They have to encourage themselves. Like we, we say these things and we'll, we'll tell her, we'll tell ourselves, Oh, he's arrogant. You know, all he does is big himself up. A lot of times that's because a person never told him he was good at anything. So he's just refusing to hear naysay or he's refusing to entertain the negativity to whatever his character or his belief is. So what is it going to take for our women to let go of these, these who hurt you monologues that they have every time we make mention of a man needing something in order for them to receive something? Because naturally it is a give and take no matter how we look at it, but it's almost like every time a man says that he needs something, it's a prerequisite that comes before he's even entertained. Like, what are we going to have to do to help our women see our needs as being significant to whatever is taking place in this development phase or this stage of us getting to know each other? Mm, that's a good one. Um, the, Two things that immediately come to mind is not succumbing to the images that are being placed out there via social media, reality TV, or the facade that most people try to put up. Because what I found is, especially with my friend group, even when I look at their stuff on social media or just like the surface level conversations that they have, does not match those one-on-one conversations that I have with them. Mm, so that okay. goes back to intent and getting real with yourself because you out here raw rhyme one thing, but want something else. And then you're so afraid of the person that you're engaging with is not being truthful because you're not being true with yourself. Absolutely. So it's really a Absolutely. reflection of the person, the woman, you know, um, I'm thinking you're holding back because I'm holding back. I'm thinking you're not telling me the truth because I'm not telling you the truth. Um, and it's like, it's funny because I think most women want to like tear down all of these walls, get these men, for lack of a better term, like break them all the way down and just really expose them and then say, okay, well, I'll just give you just a little bit of me. Right. And you just want them to be completely bare when you're not willing to bear it all yourself. And I mean that like in the, you know, from the inside, your your uh, your feelings, your emotions, whatever it is that's going on with you. So you have to get real with yourself first. Um, get clear about what it is you want and who you are and a whole bunch of other things. I think a lot of people just need a whole bunch of inner work. The more you work on yourself, the better your relationships are going to be. Um, because right, that right, same right. grace that you allow yourself, you don't know how that feels and you can give it to somebody else. That same level of compassion that you need and you give yourself, then you'll be able to give it to somebody else. But if you're beating yourself up and you have a lot of negative self-talk, 
You can't expect to uh, give somebody something. And I always tell my kids, like, whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. You can't put an orange in the juicer and expect to get apple juice. Like, it just don't mix. Right, right. So you got to be clear about it, true and through, and you'll be able to get that back. Um, and I think that's, that's messed up. The second thing that came to mind is being careful who you share those things with. I always say my friends are like medicine in the medicine cabinet. Not everybody is going to do is for everything. So if I'm going through something that's really hurtful, I'm not going to go get my friend that's alcohol because you don't want to pour alcohol on an open wound. Shit's going to burn like hell. Right, right, right. So I got, <laughs> but I also need that friend that's like alcohol when I need to disinfect. You know what I mean? Right, so you got to be careful. Right. Even though this is my close circle, everybody need what's in the medicine cabin, but you need it for different things. So I'm not going to be willing to just indulge certain parts of a relationship to certain people and it's not a knock against them it's just me acknowledging where your strengths are and how we complement each other in our friendship that was an excellent analogy you can't tell everybody your business yeah wow that was a bar i'm gonna use that what's in your medicine cabinet (laughs) that was incredible I really appreciate your perspective because I realize every day in this process of becoming better kissers, better, um, better romantic partners, it isn't easy to comprehend a lot of the ideas that we place emphasis on when it comes to intimacy, because for one person um, is more or less the hopeless romance, but then for the other person, it's more so responsibility before any of that is to even be granted to them. So it's a different perspective and how we reach these places. And most men really believe that they are worthless without the financial or sexual expectations that women have. And that is what usually makes them run. Telling the truth about your inadequacies a lot of times is like heartbreaking to a guy to know that you have every intention on loving a person who is possibly not going to accept you for, you know, your character, but we have to stand up to those things and communicate um, our feelings. Because I mean, from my experiences, the only time I ever heard a woman say, I just want you is after I proven myself. It was never beforehand. It was always me having to, you know, show myself approved to get to that point and i mean not for nothing i don't knock having to you know live up to a certain amount of expectation but i want a person that's going to allow me the space to you know let my hair down too even if that means growing my hair out like you know allowing me the space to um find myself in this relationship and to be um free to you know, sometimes be lax in certain areas of the responsibilities or the relationship, because more often than not, that's the reason why we can't let go and be who we want to be in just our everyday lives is because um, too much emphasis is being placed on things that 
that drive us up and down walls that drive us into, you know, alcoholism and, you know, overindulging in other women because you can't get those resources from the person who you intend to kiss with your eyes closed. You, you still have that person looking to figure other things out about moving their needs forward versus even following up to make sure if what they're not giving you is based on something they not receiving from you. You know, we don't have the proper communication about intimacy. I really appreciated, you know, all of the things that you said in terms of friends being a issue for your intimate life or your intimate relationship, depending on how you use your medicine cabinet. A lot of us use alcohol and have been burnt, you know, trying to medicate or that feeling, you know, constantly reminding them, you know, themselves of that moment when you felt that sting. That's a very real thing too. So, man, I don't even know what else to ask. I feel like I'm looking at all of the stuff that I intended on asking you and you damn near answered it all. So um, I think I'm going to just end this conversation. Just know for you guys that are listening, when I initially reached out to Kira, I gave her two suggestions for um, conversations that I believed her to be perfect for. And she said that she had experiences on both. So she will be returning shortly after this particular episode because um, I really enjoyed this conversation and I think that she's going to do exceptionally well with the other one that is going to be a little bit more touchier than this one but um nonetheless you know I'm appreciative of all of what she gave us in today's conversation so now we're going to get into the wellness check because this is um the first episode for me out of the quarantine. So how are you doing um, outside of the personal relationship aspects? Like, how are you holding up during this quarantine? Well, I have been very calm. Um, when the pandemic was announced, I had taken a solo birthday trip to Iceland. So I was in another wow. country by myself. And I knew the state of the world. However, um, over the years traveling by myself, I also know it's like a certain level of uh, mental, you know, a certain mental space you have to be in to be alone, some like thousands of miles away from anybody, especially not knowing the language. And I was even okay knowing I needed to navigate back. The thing that flustered me was people on social media, my family members that were here, but panicking and transferring that panic over to me, but they were masking wow. it with concern. Wow. Right. So I'm just concerned. Are you okay? Hurry up and get back. And I'm like, that's really your panic. So you're not really concerned. Um, so having to navigate that because I was so like, I wasn't worried. I was cool, calm, collected about things. So I had to uh, transition with that. And as I mentioned, you know, with my previous co-host, my uh, best friend, just talking to her and, you know, just hearing how everybody was dealing with it. And I began to think like, am I tripping? Because I'm not like in an uproar. 
So fast forward, a lot of things began to change on my job that heightened my anxiety. And again, it's all centered around how others are responding to the pandemic. Um, So I just began to create a new normal for myself and my children. Um, And for lack of a better term, like putting a bubble around our house, like this is our bubble. What am I going to do to protect us from these outside influences so that I'm calm and they are calm and we are going to be able to get through all of this. But throughout this process, it's been a lot of up and down um, and I've had to learn new ways to recalibrate myself um, just so that I don't begin to worry. Uh, Because one of the things by me being a single person and a single mom, um, I guess most men have this role in the household of protecting and providing. And now just have like this overwhelming concern, like how do I protect my family um, with resources and essential goods that are, you know, in a short supply and how people are going to respond to that? You know, what do I do if somebody comes in my home and, you know, am I going to be able to protect and, um, you know, uh, with my, workplace and so many changes there. Are we going to downsize? Is my company financially secure throughout this time so that I can uh, be able to pay my bills and all these other things? But I was like, okay, let me get out of my head about these things and just put measures in place and just recenter myself. So I, I just find different things to do. I go on my screen porch, I go hiking, we do a bonfire in the backyard with my kids. I have a library, so I go in my library, I read. Just try to just get myself together and just stay in my bubble. Right. Just, if I'm in my bubble, I'm good. Every now and then, I'll peek out and I'll be like, oh no, it's fucked up out there. And I come back in. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. Um, it's not me uh, ignoring the state of the world. But I know that if I allow it to overwhelm me, then I'm not going to be good. I'm not going to be good at all. Um, So just trying to find that balance, but not live too far in la-la land, then I'm not in tune with the reality of what's happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, you know, I want people to be encouraged and inspired to um, maintain their health because when every when everybody hears the idea of stay inside, stay home, most people are thinking about their habitat. But for me, um, one of the things, even in suffering with this quarantine that I began to learn and I want to share with the listeners, the, the idea of staying inside is to focus on your internal, like focus on the things that are going on inside of you, like think about those dreams that you've held inside of you for so long. And the reason why you haven't begin to cultivate or to develop those things is because you're so used to having a certain level of freedom that you don't even know how to take advantage of this downtime to do the things that you said you always wanted to do. A lot of us who live our day to day on the go, never take the time to invest any attention to our health. I can't even tell you the last time I've been to the doctor because I, I have always appeared to my own self 
to be healthy. I've never had a need to have a, an actual doctor's appointment or anything of that sort. So it's time to pay more attention to the inside. Pay attention to your internal being, not just staying at home, even though staying at home is damn near mandatory at this point, you know, for most of us, um, even if it's not, and they're lifting the, you know, the quarantine and whatever area you from still stay inside is not as safe as it, you know, appears to be. And I know that we believe that there's something that we're missing, but ain't shit going on right now. You know, focus on your mental and emotional health, um, focus on your partner and connecting with your partner. Um, I was fortunate to have a conversation with my lady that I totally wasn't expecting to have. And she was just communicating how I don't communicate because I'm so used to being okay on my own. You know, those things, you know, that you don't really expect to happen. But of course, when being still and, you know, not having anything or anywhere to go, those moments, you know, create themselves for us to um, focus on our in-house or our internal beings a lot more. So um, that's just the tidbit I wanted to leave you guys on, you know, because this is, of course, a trial and error process for me to create during this time, because um, I'm a guy whose mind always runs a mile a minute. I always have something to talk about drawing some kind of topic from somebody else's conversation but it's a very slow process for me right now so i'm just fighting through this to be creative and to be you know i guess a communicator of what i'm learning in this thing so um you know i thank you so much for being the very first person to um converse with me you know in this process of me trying to get back to my creative self and we had an incredible conversation Yes, agreed. Two things, though. I think this is a perfect opportunity for you to get in an LOM session. So go ahead and do a level me session with the girl. <laughs> and then the, the second part is just the importance um, to everyone of curating a space in your home that you want to stay at home. All right. So that's one of the things I was thankful for that. My home is a place that I was intentional about creating a space that I wanted to be in. So okay. I've enjoyed this okay. time. So maybe just think about how you can redecorate or put things around your home that will inspire you. Um, and just like those little reminders set up throughout. And those tend to help me out. I'm not sure if it's going to be the same for you, but those things help me. An example would be I love nature. So because I'm not out in nature, I have a lot of houseplants. So that that's a way for me to bring nature inside. And yeah. it's also a reminder for me to take care of myself. So typically when my plants are dying, it reminds me that I'm doing too much because I'm not paying attention. Wow. Wow. So wow. Okay. just be intentional about creating the space that you love um, in a space that is going to birth new things in you and it represents who you are at your core. So try to do that in your home to everyone and it'll make this experience, hopefully just a little bit more um, pleasurable for you. Right. Right. That's a gem. Um, I hope you guys heard that because that's very important and that could possibly change the, um, the attitude that we have um, to this time 
that we're in. So, um, again, thank you so much. I want to give you a, a few seconds to introduce yourself again for those that may have came into this show um, in the middle or in the, you know, the latter parts of the show so that they can get in touch with you, your podcast and all of your social media handles. So just give them your information so that, that they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. So again, thank you once again, BJ. And I am Kira, host of Moms and Martinis. We are a weekly podcast that drops every hashtag Martini Monday. And our podcast is all about inviting you into the kitchen table talks that I share with my friends. So we discuss our past experiences and how those things have shaped us to who we are today. We tackle the things that are in front of us um, currently and discuss how they impact us spiritually, mentally, and physically. And then we talk about how do you build a legacy and a pipeline of future leaders that are going to give back to our homes, to our workplace, and our communities. Now, the best part about the uh, Moms and Martinis is that you can bring your favorite adult sippy cup, whatever that is. And so pull up to the table, have your drink in your hand, and just have a good time. I am on Twitter at Moms and Martinis, Facebook Moms and Martinis, and Instagram at Moms and Martinis Podcast. So that's us. All right, all right. And if you just so happen to like to follow the host, me, you can follow me at BJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. The subject change on Instagram. I also have an email. You can send me an email at changed subject at gmail.com. Send me questions, comments, show topics, anything that you would have for me. Also, send me a drop. If you are a content creator and would like for me to make any type of awareness for your show on my platform, send me a drop. Definitely do that. I'd like to share and collaborate and network with other creatives. Use that email to send in your drops. Also, we have a hotline. The phone number is 313-652-0220. You have many means to reach me, so use those and connect with me. I'm very open to conversations and networking. So um, that's it for today. This has been the brand new episode of Change the Subject that we're going to call Kissing with Both Eyes Closed featuring Kira of the Moms and Martinis podcast. And I will see you guys again in two weeks. Peace and blessings.